Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm your host, Moshe, Moshe Legero. And I'm your other host, Natasha Kasher. Is that the game we're doing? I don't know. Our our child, she keeps, she keeps asking me what she can change her name to. She wants to be called Pepper. That's a very dumb name. That's what I told her. I said, that's a fucking stupid name. And she cried so much when I said that. And then she told me she's really sad in her life. And I'm like, why are you sad? She's like, I'm born sad. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> and she's like, because I'm not a mermaid. <laughs> I call that um, cosplaying. That's not real. I call it cosplaying with real emotions. Mm -hmm. She's like a, attempting to try things. She'll do all kinds of things. She loves to like pontificate too. She'll just start like going like, Daddy, you and I, we are two who are one. Together we think but feel also in love. Always of love and time together with space time. No, she says that when it's like time for bed or you're like about <laughs> to leave or something. Yeah, she goes through like adorable and then she's like, what about philosophy? Perhaps I could switch into philosophy. That'll give me 15 extra minutes. Uh, Tosh, I took her to Disneyland while you were uh, away on another pot cheating on this podcast, hosting office hours. And um, I brought her the lifts. You, you put her in heels. Put her in heels. Put her in stilettos. And, and it didn't work. It did not work. Well, it did work. I love that you think you can outsmart like Disneyland. Yeah, there is a part of me that thinks I can. I just, I really am not a fan of Disneyland. I know you are actually, whatever it is that you have, it's, um, it's like, it's the same force as like racism and anti-Semitism and homophobia, but for Disneyland, it's like a deep bigotry. Thank you. It's like, it's inside of your bones. Like you can't even admit that there's anything charming about a place that they call the happiest place on earth. Okay. But have you been, well, you have been there lately. It's, yeah. it's no longer like there aren't days where it's not m massive amounts, like hordes of people coming at you. Oh, you mean like the old days of Disneyland when it was only you and a dozen people? No, but I bet you there were more of those. Something's happened. There's been a shift. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? It's horrifying. Disneyland has always been a very popular tourist destination. for Not like how it is now. For or maybe I'm just not used years. to crowds. When I went there with you a month ago, which I don't know why you needed to go back a month after we had already went. You hear that kind of dis dripping disdain well, why in not her go voice? once in a while make it fun? Because I... Oh, you're, you, you know what? You want to take her like, what, every six weeks? You got to go to Disneyland? You make a good point. She actually did not have fun at Disneyland. She was like, I was here so recently, Father. I prefer to be in a library reading about uh, French poets. And now they have a new, uh, what's that, Star Wars hotel at $5,000 a night? There is or a, like an underground room. It's a bunker, I guess. Like a you, bunker? Like you're sleeping in the Millennium Falcon or something like oh that. Oh my God. You know what, Natasha? I just had a realization on the podcast right now. That I'm cool? Yeah, it's that you're cool. <laughs> no, I just realized right now, taking her to Disneyland and amusement parks, I'm you are literally... And I love you. Not invited. Never invited again. I'm going to be going. You're not coming. You had you're not, our. You're you not, had your. You're not, you're not coming. You're not invited. It's going to be for us because we had a delightful time. And I just realized why we had a delightful time. Even though he's he is a character in the Disney pantheon in the Winnie the Pooh strata, we didn't have 
Mommy, a.k.a. Eeyore, coming around us all the time, wet blanket style, making us feel negative about the good time we were having. Okay. We had fun. Can I say something now? Yeah, Eeyore. I talked to you three times while mm-hmm. you were at Disneyland. Oh, bother. Every time you were screaming, get back here, get back I here. Know. And then the kid comes home and you have her, her your phone number written on a Sharpie on her yep. arm. So obviously, obviously, it's I need to be someone else. I need to be a bouncer. I need to be there to help. You aren't There's invited. So you don't understand. Many people. You're there. off the guest well, list. I'm gonna come. Nope, you're not. Well, you don't need to go all the time. I'll go when I want, and you won't come. I just realized that during this podcast, I realized it, and it was a beautiful realization. You are no longer welcome at amusement parks with me and my daughter. Do you know what Walt Disney's last words were? <laughs> well, what were they? Kurt Russell. <laughs> Is that true? Yes. What do you mean? I don't know. Look it up. He said Kurt Russell? Yeah. So do you think Kurt Russell is also somehow evil? No, but it's definitely a head scratcher. It is. You think he was like fantasizing about Kurt? I don't know what he was doing. Do you know what Kurt Russell's last words were? What? Well, he's alive. No, he died today. You don't even know who Kurt Russell is. Goldie Hawn, he said. Wow, you know that he's married to her. That's good, Mo. Yeah, he's a very famous actor. I'm not a fucking idiot, you Natasha. You think like every woman actress <laughs> is like the same person. You're right. <laughs> yeah. You know what Kurt Russell's um, last words were? Um, Cara Devilglegny. Who's that woman <laughs> with the eyebrows? Cara <laughs> Devilglegny. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, don't we have someone that we do. Waiting, we're waiting to we talk do. to? We do. We have a special guest tonight. Now, this guy, he's a friend of mine from Burning Man, but he, in the last few years, has become an incredibly popular dating and relationship coach. And we were talking about him on the podcast a few weeks ago. And he texted me. He's like, oh, I'd love to come on sometime. I thought it might be a unique episode. We always have comedians come on. It might be kind of a unique and interesting. You lost me at Burning Man. No, I, <laughs> it's actually, hold on. Before we bring him on. Now, that's interesting. What? The things that you hate and have disdain for. Disneyland, Burning Man. Yeah, the you classics. Don't, you don't <laughs> <laughs> You don't like you don't like places where people go just to have fun. You're like a what no. you're a straight up no. You know what you are? Honestly, you know what you are? You know an what, adult. <laughs> uh, a mother? Uh Yeah, you are all of those things. You know what's that thing um it's not a comforter, what's it called? That you put on a bed? Over the bed? A duvet? No, it's a more common word than that. It's um. Oh my god! What is it? I'm not. I'm not gonna let you set me up for this. Laura, uh, Laura our producer, do you know what that is? It's, He's trying to do a wet blanket. You're joke. you are a blanket that is dipped in water repeatedly until it becomes soggy. You're a straight up fun hating wet blanket. I just no, realized that. I'm not. I you like are to have fun. in your way only. Yeah. You I like guess, it don't to be. Most people like to have no, fun in their way. Only? A lot of people encourage. Actually, a lot of people not only encourage others to have fun in the way they like to have fun, but also a lot of people, when they have children, encourage their children to have child fun. They go... Honey, Disneyland and Burning Man are are horrid places. That is n- so many people would agree so, with me. You're so judgmental. It's insane. It's totally crazy. What was your friend... Everyone at Burning Man... All children love Disneyland. Every child. Yeah, but they also like Paw Patrol frozen yogurt. Yeah, pops. they're little Those kids. Are disgusting too. Oh my God, Jesus Christ! Actually, Paw Patrol is a good corollary for you because aren't some of the dogs in um, Paw Patrol girls, girl dogs? Aren't a couple of them sort of like in a way female dogs? 
Okay, listen, I have a question. Yeah, so I know you, that you're, you used to work at Burning Man and this guy worked with you and you guys mm -hmm. all have Burning Man names. What was his name so I remember who he was? Well, why do I bring him on? And let's find out if he's comfortable telling his own um, no. There was Flapjack, Raisin Toast, Porto <laughs> was, Potty. No, Raisin Toast and Flapjack, those are two breakfast cereals. Those are two what breakfast What was your theme. name? It was just Moshe. Oh, I never most people one. had a name. I never needed a special nickname. Crybaby. Anyway, like I was saying, um, like I was saying, a female Paw Patrol agent, um, he has become in the last couple of years like a very popular uh, love coach person. And I thought it would be... And he also... He also used to have a very unusual job. And I thought we could interview him about that. I thought it might be kind of fun. Shake it up a little bit. So let's bring him on the pod. He is the host of The Love Drive and the uh, Instagram account, The Love Drive. His name is Sean Galanos. And let's say hello. Hey, Tosh. Yamosh. Yeah, uh, you know, sometimes you do these ads and you use a product and you're like, dang, I can't believe I was living my life before I found this product. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about this green pan. It is an amazing pan. I'm not joking when I say it's the best pan I've ever cooked with. And you don't need oil. I mean, I don't understand how it works. Is it, is it magic? Well, in 2007, Green Pan's founders discovered that traditional nonstick pans were made with plastic coatings that can turn toxic with heat. Everything's trying to kill us. That's why they created a new alternative without forever chemicals. Green Pan introduced the world to ceramic, nonstick cookware and have over 150 patents to prove it. They're the leaders in creating cookware without harmful toxins. And I'm telling you, you put food on this pan and you just cook it. There's no, there's no freaking oil. Well, we already love the pan because it made everything taste better without oil, but then we didn't even know it was non-toxic. It's so good. Uh, I, they also own their own factory, so the other companies make these cheap products with cheap materials. Green Pan makes sure its products live up to their standards. And they're doing everything they can to keep our world green. Green Pan uses recycled aluminium in all oh, of their... Oh, you say aluminium? Mm -hmm. I'm you British, from London. Though? Oh. In all of their products and have 50 employees dedicated to quality control because the best thing they can do for you and the environment is to deliver a product that lasts. Anyway, we weren't joking. We said this is the coolest, best pan that we've ever cooked with. Remember that healthy cooking is about more than just the food you make. It's about the products that you cook in as well. Right now, Green Pan has an exclusive offer just for Endless Honeymoon listeners. If you go to greenpan.us and use the promo code honeymoon you'll receive 30 percent off your entire order plus free shipping on orders over 99 dollars. whether you buy one pan or a whole set that's 30 percent off so head to greenpan.us and use our promo code honeymoon we have to get a full set i want this full set i'm gonna get our promo code i'm gonna use our promo code to get we got one that they sent us we're gonna go buy some more for ourselves let's do it and get our own damn discount that's called double dipping green pan Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mish. Did you know that koalas are um, afflicted in very high numbers with uh, koala chlamydia? <laughs> I'm serious. It's true. No, I, I did know that. It's a real issue. But that's not what we're here to talk to you about. We're here to talk to you about KiwiCo, which makes a cute little koala named Kellen. And what they do is they make these little boxes full of educational, inspirational, fun-as-heck toys and games and books. And they send it to your kid every month. And it's Awesome. Without KiwiCo, I would not know what the hell to do with my child. KiwiCo delivers monthly science and art projects that celebrate a child's natural curiosity and sparks a love for lifelong learning. With KiwiCo, 
kids will explore different S-T-E-A-M, STEAM topics. That's science. I know. And our kid loves science. She thinks she's a geologist. Also, she, we got sent this little cute little like car model where she it was like a little box that you put together and then it had a steering wheel and a and an ignition key and she could shift it and we went like driving with this little box that she'd made. Discover subscription lines for kids of all ages, ranging from infants to preschoolers all the way to teens. Grown-ups are welcome to join in on the fun too. KiwiCo delivers enriching, hands-on experiences that'll spark curiosity and inspire creativity. Kids can discover the engineering and mechanics behind everyday objects, the science and chemistry of cooking, geography and culture from new cultures, and brand new art and design techniques, all through seriously fun, hands-on projects. Step in the spring and celebrate the season of discovery with a KiwiCo subscription. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code HONEYMOON at KiwiCo.com. That's 30% off your first month at KIWICO.com, promo code HONEYMOON. Yo. Hey, what's happening? Hey, Sean, I thought, I thought you were going to be in your bathtub or something. I was thinking about it. <laughs> See, I, I, I feel you. Hey, oh, Sean, we have a question for you first, just to get started. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Um, Natasha, who you know has a great love uh, and affinity for all things Burning Man, um, she wanted to know if you'd be comfortable sharing your playa name with us, or is that a private thing that you don't bring to uh, the general public? No, that's good. We can do that. What's your playa name? <laughs> you hear that? You hear the judgment? You hear that little sting of judgment? It's deluxe. Deluxe. What do you think, Natasha? How's that fair? Um, scale of one to five, I'd give it a two. A two? That's a good one. Deluxe? Two, like one being great. No, one being really bad. Wait. No, it's fine. Deluxe. Okay? Deluxe is a good name. It's better than, I don't know. What are, what are some, like, can you name a couple people that, like, what are the playa names? Some bad ones, you mean? Yeah. Do you, do, do any come to mind? Good they're, ones. Um, they're all bad. Just any They're other. all bad. Yeah, they're all bad is what I was going to say. <laughs> I think I think Deluxe is good. I think Crybaby is a good one. I think that's a good name. What was your friend Lily's name? Um, I think she's, she's just Lily. She's just Lily. Oh well, you guys are like, let's cut this part then, because you're not. <laughs> it doesn't make. I thought you everyone had a playa name. No, not everybody does. Not everybody. Oh, does. remember my playa name? Yes. What was it? Amy. Amy. That's right. I wanted to be called Amy. Natasha went the other direction. <laughs> Wait, real uh, quick question: Are we recording right now? Yeah, we're recording. Okay, so um, I-, I can top Deluxe. Yeah, what do you got? Well, my first playa name when I was a ranger was Baby Man. <laughs> Why was it Baby Man? It, I, we had a, I had a girlfriend that was like uh, her little pet name for me. Baby Man? Yeah, and, and when you're a ranger, you get to change your name, and I changed it to Sir Licks a lot, and it got approved... And then uh, a woman came up to me and told me it was wildly inappropriate. And so I changed it to deluxe. Oh, they were offended. Yeah. The women, some one woman was offended. Well, okay. Yes. I want to know what's this poster behind you? Which one? The the children? The main one. Yeah. The big one. What's it say there? Well, I, I think it says Bougerot. I think it's an artist. It's a print from the the early 80s that my parents had in our house growing up it kind of reminds me uh that's a cool story but it does remind me of moshe telling me that he liked like 
um, Ingmar Bergman. Ing- Ingmar Bergman films she's, when we met. She's never stopped bringing this up. So. And then, you know, because I could see like, you know, you're a love master. You're talking to girls. You're Zooming with them. You're like, oh, here's Bloom Blanc behind me. He's fluent in French. Oh, okay. Well, all right. That's cool. Are your, are your parents French? My mother's French Canadian. My dad's Australian. Okay. So you're part part love master part con artist so that is <laughs> that's a good that makes sense that's a good combo okay well, just because you were swindled by an australian con artist doesn't mean australians are con artists it's a pretty that's a pretty standard stereotype um sean yeah you are we were saying um that you you are are doing what we're doing but in a sincere way we thought it might be kind of an interesting shake up of the podcast have somebody on that actually coaches people i mean what do you describe your work what what would you say you do for a living i'm a love coach that's what i tell people and what does that mean like who are your clients people that struggle with intimacy communication relationships dating sort of love is the whole umbrella of what we're trying to do you know what you were trying to do together more women or more men my audience is 90 percent women so are my clients and do you think that has to do with the fact that you have um, your you are good looking and your features are symmetrical? I'm very symmetrical. Yeah, I think that has uh, that that's part of it. The other part of it is that I talk about love and relationships in a self aware way, and I think a lot of women wish that the people they were dating could do that too. And do you currently have a girlfriend? I don't. I don't actually talk about this publicly, but I decided to do it with you two. Oh, oh really? You. Wait, you're comfortable saying what you... Because we don't have to put this in. We could also cut it out if you don't want it to go in. It's fine. Yeah, I'm a single love coach for now. It's just that I have a lot of thirsty followers. So if you tell them that, then it gets even more intense. Oh, so you'll, be, you'll put out a, a call for love advice and they'll say, I would like to get advice on how quickly to bed you. I get like wedding or marriage proposals on a weekly basis and date and date like people ask me on dates all the time you would say sincere marriage proposals probably not they're like in estonia or in places (laughs) i don't live so it's not you know realistic and do you coach them one-on-one over zoom with this french poster behind you or are you doing classes i'm doing i'm doing a lot of courses uh i'm about to do a group coaching program i also do a little bit of one-on-one but i don't have a lot of time for that and do you have any like results like do do people come back and say like okay i've used because like for me what i tell my girlfriends is like just don't call him back i mean that just seems to be like the underlying you know he's just not that into you like everyone's always like oh what do i do i look at this cryptic message and it's just the answer is i'd say 90 percent of the time just ignore him. He's, he doesn't like you. Would you say that that's pretty much true with the women that you coach? I think that lacks a little bit of nuance. <laughs> you don't say. Natasha, you think Natasha lacks nuance on her takes? <laughs> okay, so, so tell me. Okay, so what, what, it, what it boils down to a lot of the time is me teaching people how to speak up for what they want. Mm. There, there's, there's a lot of people that are like terrified of rejection, just absolutely terrified of it. And, you know, they didn't see it growing up. They didn't, you know, their parents never modeled it. They don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do it without like sounding clingy or needy. They think even just having needs means they're needy, which is part of being a human, you know? 
So I coach a lot of people in like the, you know, the courage to speak up for themselves and then also the language to do it. And yeah, I mean, I get a lot of feedback about how useful those techniques are and how it's like changed their life. Okay. I have, a, I have a question. Like, so pe- you're saying a lot of the women that, uh, that hit you up, a lot of the people that hit you up, one of their biggest fears is, is telling someone how they feel and being rejected. Or asking someone, yeah, telling them how they feel, telling them what they want, asking them how they feel. Uh-huh. You know, like I think the people just want to know, you know, they have this this uh, official conversation, the exclusivity conversation. Instead of saying, hey, I'd love to be your girlfriend. You want to be my boyfriend or how do you feel about me? They'd say, what are we? Uh-huh. Right. Instead of actually just verbalizing what it is that they want. Right. But so, does it really change what the guy wants? If you say, I really want to be your girlfriend versus, hey, what are we? Does it change what the man wants? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, it's bolder, right? right? And it allows you to speak up for yourself in more than just relationships, right? You This stuff translates in the workplace with family, setting boundaries. So I think it does help. I don't know if it changes the answer. It really depends on how the dude is feeling. But no, mm-hmm. I don't think it really... It, it seems very intuitive. It's like, okay, uh, let's say you're a woman. You're in a relationship. I mean, I don't know why we keep defaulting it to women, but you're saying it is 90% women. He says women. 90% right. women. So you're, let's say you're, in a woman, you're a woman. You're in a relationship with a man. You're very murky and unclear about what that man wants because he's probably being aloof on purpose so that he can continue. No, he's he's Let, holding out for a hotter chick. Or some whatever he's, it is, whatever he, your fear is, he's being aloof and not telling you. And then you tell him, Hey, I want to be your girlfriend. Don't do you want to be my boyfriend? And he says no. Then the the good thing that's happened is that you verbalized what you wanted and you found out a clear and honest answer and you can get the fuck out of there as opposed to sticking around like basically you know being fueled by the the fumes of his almost attention. Mm-hmm. You can say this is what I want. Give it to me. No, I'm out of here or hopefully I'm out of here. Yeah, and if you say what are we, the dude could say, "Well, man, I I love spending time with you. You know, we're we're great. This is good." <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got another three months. I, I have a question because I always give people advice to like go out and like try to meet people that way, and Moshe's like telling me that that's not how people do it anymore, and it's all internet dating. That's like a hunt, you know, ninety nine percent of how people are meeting each other. Like, do you have any tips for people who who are coming? And also, we're like coming out of the pandemic, like. Do you have any tips for meeting people? Yeah, I don't think it's 99%. I think it's maybe, you know, two, a half, maybe. Boom, maybe Moshe. <laughs> people are still getting the LA, the, the village voice and figuring out what. Going to classes to figure drawing classes <laughs> no, and stuff. No, you know, but just like uh, events. Yeah. Yeah. Events, friends, you know, uh, telling your friends that you want to get set up. That I think is important. You got to put it out there. Mm-hmm. You, you actually have to put it out there. You can't just sit on your couch and hope that Amazon Prime is going to drop ship the next hottie. It's just not, it hasn't happened yet. You know, it's a good business idea. Though. Um. So, okay. I have a few questions, but that what I really wanted to get into was people basically also, not only do you do these workshops and we got a lot of questions for you. Well, they're your questions, but not only do you do these <laughs> workshops and work with people, um, I want to get, I want to know more about that. Like what's one of the workshops that you're, you're going to Europe soon to teach workshops, right? I think I'm going to do a retreat. I'm doing a couple of retreats. What happens year. on a retreat? Take me through a retreat. Who, I don't know. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't done one yet. Well, a class. You're not going to sleep with one of the women though, right? That's, that, I'm not, no. Don't do that. That's, that's a boundary that I have. Okay, that's good. Wait, so, yeah. so Sean, what, what, is, what are some of the classes that you like? What are, who's your client? What do they say to you? And what are the classes that you teach? 
Like take so, me through the through the work. Okay, I'll, well, I'll take you through the offerings first, and that might give you some insight onto who takes it. But I have, you know, my my most popular course is healthy communication, how to ask for anything and say no with love, right? Because people also struggle with saying no, right? And so they'll say yes to shit, and then just that they don't want to do, and then just be really resentful, and they'll burn out, and they won't have the space that they need to do the stuff that they want. So that's, that's the my most only. Course. That's the only way I know how to how to act. Is what he's describing. Mm -hmm. Saying yes to something you don't want to do mm -hmm. because of what? What are you afraid of? Wait, is that what you say? Is that how you sound, Sean? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you could do the you could do the workshop. Because <laughs> well, I, I want to please. I, I want to please. I'm a people pleaser. Okay, so tell, wait, tell Sean and let's see how let's have him work. Well, this. he's a man, so he doesn't. I mean, as a woman, I feel like I, I'm always constantly trying to please. Yeah, and I would say that you are enough just the way you are, and that you don't need to do any more. And that, in fact, it would probably be better for you to do what you want to do rather than to try to please other people so that you can better take care of others. Right? But, the, but then the I people? have Moshe in a bad mood or mad at me See, because I've said true. no to him. Wait, that's not true. Sean, maybe you can work th through this with us. We get into this thing again and again in our relationship where she has said yes to something that she doesn't want to do. And then that thing comes to fruition and she is pissed off that she's doing it and i recognize it and i go why did you say yes to this i did if you didn't want to do it it's not pleasing me to say yes to the thing you don't want to do and then we don't enjoy doing the thing it would be much more pleasing to me to say no to me in the first place do you see that kind of yeah are you guys talking about sex with moshe no, no. not sexually she lets me do anything i want to her body anytime <laughs> Right? Just in general, in life, like I, it's my go-to is yes. How do I make this work all the time? How do you even have time to take care of yourself if you're just saying yes to everything that you don't want to do? I don't take care of myself. I want to do tennis. I want to get a manicure. I want to get a pedicure. That's I want good. to like do meditation. That was good. How do you find time to take care of yourself if I you're don't. saying yes to somebody else? I don't. Well, here's the, the better you can take care of yourself, the better you can actually show up for people instead of being resentful that you said yes to a thing that you really wanted to say no to. And you also have to, you do have to get used to disappointing other people. I mean, that's why we people please, right? I do it too. I'm not saying that men don't people please. There's a ton of people that just don't like disappointing other people, but we actually have to get comfortable with other people not liking our answer or even not liking us because of our answer. I actually would say people pleasing, I would take it a step further. People pleasing doesn't usually result in pleasing people it's usually it's like a pathology where you're trying to please people by saying yes but they don't want yes they want most people want a real answer they don't just want their way they want to know who you are i oh, i can say that for myself i don't want a yes for uh, for something that a person i'm with doesn't want to do because i want to do something with the person that wants to do it so it doesn't even end up pleasing the person if you're a kind person, that's the right attitude. But there are people that want a yes no matter what, right? They're just so selfish and self-centered that right. they don't really care if you're happy or not. They just want the thing that they want. But, you know, Glennon Doyle is an author and has a great quote that um, she says, anytime in life that you're faced with either disappointing someone or disappointing yourself, choose someone, which is to disappoint as many people in life as possible to avoid disappointing yourself even once. That does sound scary. That person does not have a healthy relation or a, a, a significant other though. I mean, how can you do that? It's she like does. She does. She does. I mean, we're not saying don't compromise and don't negotiate, but you know, the, the, you got to take care of number one or else you can't, you're kind of useless to everybody else. Well, wait, Sean, do you, do you feel that in your own dating life? Um, 
I assume that you strive to practice the principles that you teach in your own dating life and do a fairly good job in doing that, I would assume, right? I'm, I'm like, you know, 85, 90%. So do you, what are the results? What have you noticed anecdotally the results of that kind of directness in relationships? Does it create greater intimacy? Does it, does it sometimes turn people off, but you're glad you did the, the, th- the right thing for you? Like what, what, how does it result for you or in your clients? You could talk about them too. Yeah, no, I mean, in, in all aspects of my life, I think um, that, yeah, it does create more intimacy, creates more authenticity. Um, it's, it allows people to position themselves with regards to what I'm standing up for, right? Like I give them all the information and then they can decide whether that's something that they want or not. Rather than sort of masking my desires and the hopes that they'll want what I want, I'd rather just be upfront. And I also still really struggle with this sometimes. I'm not always direct. Sometimes I, you know, I avoid the question or I'm, you know, I'm a little evasive. Totally happens because we're humans. Right. I mean, it's like this interesting thing, like when you are direct, you get to interact with the person. And when you are indirect, you're having to interact with the person that the person thinks you want them to be. It's like a fake person that doesn't really even exist. I mean, I also want to say like, you know, people pleasing is, you know, down at its core, it means it's people that are meaning well. So I don't want to like shit all over people pleasing. No, we're very good people. (laughs) <laughs> you're, yeah, you're, or else you wouldn't really be people pleasing, but you could also be taking more time for yourself. That's true. I have an interesting question, and then we can get to the other people's okay. questions. Because we were hanging out with like a someone in their twenties the other day, and it was like five of us, and all of the other people were in their thirties and forties. And the twenty-year-old was like, "So are you guys all in closed relationships?" And yeah. we were all kind of like, uh, "Yeah, you know." But I, I do you do you notice like generationally? Like, do you feel like are are twenty year olds like way more open to like relationships that that are open? I think so. I mean, I think the the polyamorous of you, folks of your generation and you know those older than us have sort of paved the way to make it more okay to to say, hey, I want an open relationship. I don't want to just have sex with you for the rest of my life, and for there to be more fluidity in the types of relationship styles that are possible. What's so interesting about that though, is that like when I married Moshe, I did think I only wanted to have sex with him for the rest of my life. But But then there's like, well then there's like a pandemic and like 10 years (laughs) go by. And then it's like, how could anyone know what they want? This is a crazy reveal that you're pining for other lovers, (laughs) Natasha. Hey, let me just say, Hey, he's really hot. You know, I mean, Sean, let me just say this. I learned this, from my love coats um uh direct just to be direct anytime say the word <laughs> i'll be in my car starting at driving to the to the, the next woman's house just no, you just say the word it's just it seems a little bit of a fallacy to think like oh this is what i want it's like how do you know what you want like five years go by and then another variant and then like we're locked in our homes and there's nuclear war like how do you know what you're gonna want in 10 years like i don't know i mean i don't think we're I don't think we're signing up for for a a, a life or a marriage or or any situation that is, never changes, right? Like marriages, there, there's negotiation. You're going to say, "Hey, you know what? I want to talk about something that's really hard for me to talk about, but I've been, you know, curious about polyamory and just want to open the conversation." I'm not saying I want to sleep with anybody else, but I'm saying that I would like to talk about it. But well, see, this is the thing. I'm sorry to keep 
but I just, but I, I just desperately pine for another lover no, every day of my I life. Also, I think, who else could I fuck other than Moshe? I'm sick and tired. There's variant. No. First it was Delta, then it was Omicron, <laughs> and now I'm just, I need to fuck somebody. No, but here's the thing. I know a polyamorous relationship would never work. It almost feels like. For you, or do you mean period? Period. Like You're they wrong. don't work. Do you have any success stories? Someone that you know who's in a polyamorous relationship? You're so Sean? old fashioned. Absolutely. So many. So many. Really? Like, yeah, hordes of them. Yes. And they just work great. <laughs> what did you just arrive on a train from the 50s? I, I don't I don't know anybody who has a successful po- do you who do you know who has one do I know anyone in a sexual uh, a successful polyamorous relationship hold on I mean yeah yeah no you don't okay all right, all right you, you do. also might you might not know that they're in an open relationship because that's people true are, that's people true. don't talk about it but every relationship has challenges come on this is just a different kind of challenge that requires a lot of communication, a lot of sitting with discomfort, right? When your partner's out on a date. Okay, um, can I ask you a question? The hordes of people that you know, do you know anyone who's a mother who's in a polyamorous relationship? Absolutely. They have a 13-year-old daughter. Oh, he got specific with details, so you know it's a real person that he's thinking about. Okay. Oh. I'll introduce you. They'll go to they'll be at Burning Man this year. Well, actually, Sean, I want to hear more what, what you I will not be there. I want, yeah, she's kind of, she's kind of the, she'll be in Europe at your workshop pretty clearly, uh, trying to get a tantric orgasm and how to communicate. But anyway, we had a polyamorous conversation. I'll tell the story and then you can decide if you want to keep it in the podcast, Natasha. When we first started dating, and it connects to Burning Man, Sean, when we first started dating, I, this was my first uh, monogamous relationship, apparently not for long, but, um, but. It was coming up on Burning Man, and I was kind of panicking because I had never been in a monogamous relationship in my life. And I said to Natasha early on, in our, probably too early, I said, how would you feel about me having like a a, a, a rumspringa for Burning Man specifically, right? Like a some hall people, pass. A hall pass during the burn, right? Yeah. And do you remember that conversation? Mm-hmm. I think so. And she... Were we in a hot tub? I don't know if we were in a hot tub, but... I remember that she disappeared for like a full week. It was very early. In oh, early. really? Yeah. I don't remember this. So I, I said, listen, I want, I'm down to be monogamous, but I would like it if like maybe if once a year, I would have a week where I could sleep with other people. At, at it's, I mean, I, I was new to monogamy. I like, I don't know. I shouldn't call me back for four days. <laughs> well, anyway, this is actually a positive, even though you're um, not, not in the energy space to receive positivity from me right now. This is a positive story because I, I, it's what I wanted, but I, it was also based on an image. No, I don't think polyamory is immature, but I know for me, the reason I asked I that, that question was out of a place of kind of panic. It wasn't out of a place of like, I'm actually a polyamorous person. This is what I need. It was out of a place of like, I don't think I can do what you want. Right. Scarcity. Uh, mentality you thought you were going to miss out on burning man as totally. well it was that all too all the opportunities that it was that that's too. a good way to describe it but actually i wouldn't even it was definitely that but it was also like i'm i was looking down a road that was the scariest road uh i could imagine which is why i had avoided monogamy for so long which was commitment and and being you know uh, um on the hook to someone else emotionally and being locked in with someone. And I thought if I could give myself like, if I could just like know in my, I had a back pocket of breathe breathing room to go back to my old ways, I would be okay. So I pitched it 
and then you disappeared natasha disappeared uh for five days or something and i was like oh shit i ended it like i i ruined it um actually she was processing yeah, she needed well, time to process. I was new to everything, right? So, so that five days felt not like processing, but like, oh, I've detonated it. And then she came back. This is what you said. I remember this very clearly. Wow, a big, I'm so glad you remember what I said because I don't even remember the. I don't remember. Well, going you're away. very meaningful to me, and uh, <laughs> and at some point the feeling will become mutual. So she said, "I hear." I, uh, she came back and she was like, "I heard what you were asking me for. I understand." That for you, that could work. That sex for you is a thing that you could like go do at Burning Man and then it wouldn't be meaningful and it would be fun for you and give you the, the pressure release that you need. But for me, sex is only interesting with somebody that I uh, have a connection with, right? So uh, my choices are either, you know, go try to forge connections with people, which is truly, which is like the polyamory kind of, framework go try to hook up with people which i'm not interested in or sit at home not hooking up with people while you're at burning man like gallivanting and i'm just like well he does that and i don't and neither of those sound good to me and i was like i heard that i really resonated with me it really felt true and i was able to um go to Burning Man and cheat on her duplicitously and keep that information from her. No, I was able to go, I get that. Everything you're saying makes sense to me and I totally understand and that was, we've been monogamous ever since and I've never hooked up with anybody at Burning Man uh, since. I yeah. think that's a really beautiful response. You know, it was like very complete and, and earnest and obviously made an impact on Moshe. Clearly it took me five days to come up with it. Well, it, but it was really, was really good because it wasn't judgmental about where what I was asking, it was more actually what it was is it was what you're saying, Sean. People pleasing? It, no, it was the opposite. Right. It was extremely yeah, right. direct. It was like this is what I need. I have no feelings about what you need. I just am telling you what I need. And and but but here's the thing. I feel like I was being direct, but I already knew that he like really liked me. <laughs> like I don't really like the idea of 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 convince because a lot I have a lot of friends who like guys who are not into them and they're like, I'm just going to be direct with him. And then it's like, and then they're like, okay, well, yeah, I'm not, I don't really like you. Yeah. But isn't that better? Is it, Sean, what do you think to that? Like, isn't that's, I guess the big fear that your clients have is that I'll say it and they won't be down. Yeah. And they'll leave. Yeah. And so what if they leave? Then you can go find someone who's more in alignment with your needs and your desires. Well, I and guess it's hard what, because you, what you I'd think rather that you're do never is going to find somebody else, right? I guess what I'd rather do instinctively is be the one to um, dump them. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> that's and then protective. if they're not into me, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna never talk, never call them again, and delete their info from my phone. And that's not the real you, though. I'm guessing that's sort of like your ego saying this would right. be better for my image, for everything, and for the story that I'm telling myself about how this relationship ended, mm -hmm. rather than saying, wow, I spoke up about what I wanted, that they don't want that, that was really hurtful and sad and devastating, and now I have to sit in you know my pain for however long. It's like pr protective or whatever. Very, right. I have a question, Sean. Um, oh, this is more sincere than I was anticipating. Um, but Moshe and I just have all these <laughs> questions about our past. No, it's not about this. One's not about me. How how do you think? Do you want do you want us to make it less sincere? We could start talking shit to you if you want. No, this is good. I like it. I would love to know about your past as a 
uh, erotic massage therapist. First, yeah, of we all. could talk about that for sure. I mean, that's what the the one of the retreats in Europe is going to be. Wait, erotic really? massage. Mm-hmm. Wait, you're going to do erotic massage on the people? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead a, a retreat for couples and then also for singles. But I'm gonna be demoing with another practitioner. Hold on, hold on, on. Okay, hold this just up. took a fucking hard turn. I, dude. I'm more interested in the. Uh, leading a class on er- how to give erotic massage for singles and you're really not going to fuck one of those women, I don't believe you. It's totally possible. Hey, Tosh. Hey, Mosh. You know what I love? What? I love sleeping next to you in my comfy-ass Helix mattress. I love my Helix mattress, too. You know, we recently slept on a non-Helix mattress. Oh, my God. Don't remind me. And I got to say, Natasha did not sleep well. She sweat up a storm. I'm a Helix snob. You're a Helix gal. That's what you are. And he- you know why? Because we found a mattress that was perfectly suited for us. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you want a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Well, Natasha needed a mattress that was cool because she sleeps hot and often wakes up in a puddle of sweat That's and been my urine. That's my whole life. <laughs> Your Not whole life. Urine. Since she was a little girl, she was puddling that Our urine. Our daughter wakes up in a sweat. That's right. They both are, are hot sleepers. And that's why we got to get this cool mattress. And that's what me and Natasha have. We didn't get one for our daughter because we thought it'd be a good way for her to learn how to suffer through life. The point of this all is that Helix makes the best mattress we've ever slept on. And it's the best because it's for us because we took the test on the website. Helix is awesome, but you don't need to take our word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 and by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix has been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving sleep. They got a 10-year warranty and you can try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but we know that you will. So go to helixsleep.com slash honeymoon to get $200 off up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners go to helixsleep.com slash honeymoon Mosh I have a question yeah Tosh have you ever been on a date oh yeah recently it's going well it was and then all of a sudden they drop a huge deal breaker actually no she said I dropped a huge deal breaker when I was like I'm married okay well thanks to the dating app OkCupid you may never be in that situation again OkCupid finds people that you're most compatible with. Yeah, like people that can keep secrets. Here's how it works. The OkCupid app learns what's important to you by asking you questions. Then the app's one-of-a-kind algorithm pairs you with people that care about what you care about, like puppies. In fact, did you know that OkCupid is the only dating app in the world that lets you filter out singles that don't care about the issues you care about, from climate change to being pro-choice to LGBTQ rights? To being extremely extremely pro-gun. Not just that you think that the Second Amendment's important, but that you really want your partner to have a gun trained on you during a lovemaking session. It's time to find your person. Download, Download the, the dating, dating app OkCupid okay today. What is, er- I, don't even, I don't even know what erotic massage is. Uh, you like jerk, you jerk her off? I don't, jer- I don't, I won't be jerking anybody off except for the other practitioner wait a second hold on hold on i got a lot of questions wait the 
the practitioner, is this a lover of yours or are they just another hired gun that's coming in that's going to let you finger them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to find someone who does who does tantric massage in Amsterdam and in Berlin and we're going to team up and offer this retreat together. Will you know each other or you'll, it'll be like you'll meet there? We'll meet there and we'll... I mean, I know a lot of people and so I'll have some friends recommend... You know, I know a lot of people in the space, right? In relationship, sexuality, intimacy. Okay, wait a second. Not, uh, this, I mean, I had another very boring question that I was just curious about. It's not boring. I mean, but it was much more vanilla, I will say. So you're going to meet this practitioner, Helga or whatever. Yeah. And she's going to come to the retreat center in Amsterdam. And then you're going to be like, nice to meet you. I'm Sean. And she'll be like, I'm Helga. And then... And then will you guys do like a, a test run? Yeah, we're going to like, you know, spend some time together to, to like work on the format and what we, I mean, it's not very complicated, right? A sensual massage is just like a regular massage with a happy ending. I mean, it's more sexy. It's more sensual. It's like softer, slower. There's, yeah, go ahead, Natasha. Well, I, I, I how does the woman, do you just like rubber clit after the massage that's I'm a sorry great to, question i'm no, sorry natasha, to be so vulgar natasha that's a wonderful question <laughs> and that was what i was gonna ask how does it work do you just rubber clit yeah so <laughs> okay in my past when i was doing erotic massage in san francisco um let's say the treatment was 90 minutes we'd spend 10 minutes kind of checking in talking about boundaries talking about you know what was a yes what was a no and then I would share a little bit about what I was going to do, but not too much. And then I'd massage. Wait, hold on. I'm going to stop you. Will you yeah. take me through that check, that check-in? Like, can we do... Can it's we 10 minutes. Well, let's do a short version. Can we do a run, a check-in? I'm your client, yeah. not Natasha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, welcome, Moshe. Hey, Come have a seat. Thanks. Um, thanks. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, it's okay. That's normal for you to be nervous. Do you want some lavender tea? Wait, oh. wait, hold on, hold on. Would you do it to a guy too? No. Ooh, so it is sexual because you're well, straight. It, it is so you sexual. don't want to do it. You don't want to give this erotic massage to a man that you're okay. not physically attracted to. So there are many, like, you know, hordes and scores of female practitioners giving happy ending massages to dudes. There's a lot of gay men giving happy ending massage to dudes. There's nobody giving happy ending massage to women. You know, it's funny. So that was my okay. market. That's okay. funny you say that, Sean, because um, I actually read an article. I'm sure you've, I don't know if you've come across it, uh, no pun intended, uh, but uh, it was about, it was a female journalist that was actually looking for a happy ending massage from a man because she, all of her male friends were saying that they had done that. And her challenge in finding a man that would actually do it. There's an article out there about this woman's quest to find somebody that would think all she wanted was to be fingered at the end of a massage. Okay. But okay, yeah, well, so there's a, there, there's a guy, a yeah, there's a guy in, in New York, Dr. M who's like the only dude. And then your other options are to go on Craigslist and to find really slimy guys mm -hmm. to or finger just you. Yeah. So okay. I wanted to offer a different experience. I mean, it was safe and, um, sensual and loving and had a lot of like, you know, a safe container and that would just end after 90 minutes. Okay. So, all right. So I'm the woman. Hi, I'm, uh, thank you for the tea. Uh, what, so what do we do now? Oh, then I ask you, um, are, you know, do you have any injuries? Um, and then s sort of, I tell you that like, I'm going to be checking with you along the way. I'm not going to do anything that you want to do. Um, if you, what if she's like, I'm on my period. Is that okay? That's fine. Yeah. We'll throw a towel down. 
No problem. What would you expect him to say? He's like a love coach, which is going to be like, yeah, no can do, Missy. Go, 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 Rose. I mean, well, he, she might have a tampon up her pussy. I don't know if he yeah, fingers her or what. I'm sure he, I mean, he's, a, you know, you can't get away with it. Hey, that would be it's a, an honest question. No, I loved it, but it would also be a very funny character to be like a tantric <laughs> massage therapist of the woman, like super hippie down. The woman's like, well, I am on my period. And you're like, dude, uh-uh, no, no, no. You better come back in a week, baby girl. <laughs> I mean, the the reality is that uh, if they were on their period, they probably would have rescheduled because most people aren't comfortable, like showing up to a stranger's house and getting, a, a, you know, that kind of treatment. Right. Okay. Okay. So, uh, wait. How? By the way, how did I find you? You found me on Craigslist on on um, women seeking men, and then I had an ad called Sensual Massage for Women. And Got then when it. you emailed me, I would send you to my website, and, mrshawn.com. And now, okay, I have a, another question. How many how many women do you think you worked on? Well, I did it for about a year and I don't know, probably 100 or one or 200. Okay, okay, interesting. So I like the check-in. That's making me feel good. I have some more questions about your clientele, but you don't have to answer these because they're a little bit ignorant. No, that's fine. How many were hot? They were not conventionally attractive off mo- mostly either so no that's not true either they weren't conventionally attractive or they were in sexless marriages or mm. they were widowed oh wow that's good they hadn't had sex they hadn't had sex in a really long time look i'm gonna say this started as something that i thought was going to be fun and ended as something like very loving to like give loving touch to people who don't have access to it i think that's on a, nice i i'm i love that straight up i'm thinking about doing it myself <laughs> mr mosh.coach but no, I do. I honestly but do. But no periods. You but should no, put but, that in the ad. Uh, in honey. the ad. No, no periods. Hot chicks only. Yeah. <laughs> Widows accepted, but only if you're hot. Only yeah. if your husband Nines died young. Nines and above. Yeah. <laughs> Nines and above. No periods. <laughs> no, I'll call it that. Nines and above <laughs> massage. <laughs> uh, um, okay. No, because I once heard this podcast about this... Um, Sex workers who work with the disabled, and yeah. it, it was such a powerful um, podcast and look into, you know, people, these are people, a lot of the people in this in, in this podcast were people that are so severely disabled, they not only have a difficult time finding lovers, they can't even masturbate. They physically can't masturbate. And so they, they're, and then this guy was saying like, we all think about the disabled as being sexless because it makes us feel very comfortable to look at a severely disabled person and go, oh, well, luckily he's not horny, but it's like, no, they're as horny as we are. And they can't, they have very limited access to find. So I actually, you know, I came to laugh and I've I've stayed to uh, admire. I think that's pretty great. They're, they might even be more horny because they don't have a relief. Right. You know, or any way of, re- you know, for release. Okay. So okay. They, so 10 minute check in. 10 minute check in. Boundaries. They come are you in. like, are you like, can I put my finger up you? Like, do you ask really specific questions? No, because because part of the fantasy is sort of like, you you know, have you ever been to, a, have you ever had a massage where you kind of wish you got like, it was like massage plus, you got like just a little bit extra? No, I haven't. But I'm sure Moshe has and probably has done that. So. Well, anyway, it's well, been good talking think, to you, Sean, and uh, this has been a really fun conversation. I mean, I don't know any woman who's ever gotten a massage plus. And in fact, I have the opposite experience, which might be hard for you guys to understand, where I had this massage therapist and he was always like talking about like 
body parts. And I remember one time he was, he, he knew I was a comedian and he was like massaging me and he was like, Oh, I just saw Amy Schumer special, her legs, man, her legs are so hot. And he would be like doing my, doing my legs. And just like, then he was like, yeah, I, I do mostly strippers and, 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 and they, they like to bleach their assholes. And you know, I, 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 well, I that's walked in. I'm just saying, fuck? but I'm saying like that to me, like I want the, I want massage minus. I want like need, I want like a, a man to give me a massage and not talk shit and not talk like talk about body parts because I like a man's touch because it's stronger but I don't want to fuck them and I don't want them to like be talking. But you're not about, his target demo. He's talking about lonely widows and people that are right. that want t- want se- sensual touch and can't find it elsewhere or or for whatever reason can't find it elsewhere. Right. I mean, Natasha, you need a better massage therapist. <laughs> Like straight up, like that is unacceptable behavior from a massage therapist. Well, then you should tell that to Moshe because Moshe keeps trying to bring him back. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't I don't feel comfortable. And he's like, why? He was such a good masseuse. That's not really an accurate description of the interaction. Well, now you know why the guy's a creep. Right. Right. So and that's the that's not the guy you want giving you a neurotic massage. Right. You want someone who's, you know, understanding and sort of self-aware and can kind of read the vibe read the energy have you had people um freak out hire you for a central massage but then freak out no freak outs only there there was a few that developed like an attachment oh interesting i can imagine that seems like it would be very easy to have transference when somebody fingers you you know that's what freud said freud said (laughs) if you finger a client there's almost guaranteed transference there's transference of something um (laughs) You know, I give them an option to contact me to like talk through what, you know, their experience or if anything comes up. So it was, you know, there was like a hand holding experience. Okay. So you talk to them, like, let's, because like, we've got, we've got questions we need to yeah, ask. Yeah. Well, I want to get through some of these questions. Yeah. So, told, but this so, is so but fascinating. Let, let's hear the full massage rundown. Right. Okay. So, so I say to you, well, it's been a long time since I've been with a man, but I'll tell you what I really like. I really like um, being fisted and, um, I really like uh, being tickled and I like a little like pinky in the butt kind of thing. Is that? Yeah. I mean, none of that is happening. No, no one's talking about what they want. They're, they're just there for a relaxing massage but experience. What are you asking them? Just like, are you comfortably touching you everywhere? Is that kind of a thing? Something like that. I mean, don't even, I, I just say like, I'll be checking with you along the way. So part of it is like keeping a little bit of the mystery Got around it. what's going to happen. Right. right. It's like the massage plus. Um, but with a lot of check-in and then I ask them if they have any questions about my modalities mm-hmm. and if they're comfortable with me taking my shirt off. Whoa, whoa. What's the shirt thing for? It's hot, dude. It's like, no, you know, he's trying like, to like, he's trying to get repeat business. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's right. And also there is some like chest on body part. I mean, it's a sensual massage, oh. not just a regular, like, you know. Oh, so you're rubbing your whole body on them. Now, when yeah. they say, I am curious about your modalities, do you go, uh, well, I do the lightning t- tickler. <laughs> I do the finger pop and plus. I, I like to do the come hither. Are those some of your modalities? I, yeah. Th- no one's ever asked me to describe the modalities. Got it. If All I right. was then a I love- ask- Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, if I was a love coach, I would just be like, okay, so men like to have sex without feeling and women like to have sex with feeling. And that's just the difference. But then what? Now you're, it sounds like you're a comedian, not a love coach. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just like, obviously these women are coming back. No, but and I, men like just the ability to just be able to be like, yeah, I'm just going to jerk you off and do that. And. But that's the, that is the great, I need, this is, 
uh, to me, this is like the great mystery of male-female relational dynamics. And why I've always said, like, to me, gay relationships make so much more sense because everybody's kind of clear on what they want and what they want. Not that everybody's the same, but statistically, people kind of want similar things. The crazy thing about men and women ever working as, as couples is that men have instincts and desires that are probably even evolutionary that are pushing them in one direction and women have them in another direction. And you find someone and you kind of like find a balance and yeah and they're like i want to go to burning man and see other people and then you like don't talk to him for five days and then you lay down the law and you're like if you still want to fuck me you can't go to burning man no but that's exactly right i mean this is this is what do you think of this sean this is my big my big relational theory i'll probably cut this out because it it will sound ignorant (laughs) basically i've always thought when a when a man meets a woman that he falls in love with he loves her so much. I'll say I'll start with a woman. When a woman meets a man she falls in love with, she enacts her instincts onto that person, like nurturing, connection, intimacy, uh, not always monogamy, but often monogamy. So she meets a man she loves. It allows her to blossom her instincts. And a man, when he meets a woman she, he, that he loves, he loves her so much that he's like, I am willing to suppress my instincts. I'm willing to say, I will not wander. I will not go to Burning Man and fuck other people. I will. I love you so much. I am willing to pack those things away and put love in front of those things. What do you think of that? I don't hate it. I don't either. Oh, okay. I don't hate it. I think oh. it's kind. Of, it's kind of you know. It's romantic. It's it's probably a little overgeneralized, but <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm no coach. Wait. Should, should we? I, I don't want to leave people hanging on the erotic oh. massage. Like. Okay. So you go through your check in. The massage has begun, and you do what? Like a regular massage. Yeah, regular massage. Start on your. You know, start on your belly. I'm gonna rub your back, <clears throat> and um, it's. Have you been Esalen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little bit like the. Esalen massage. Oh yeah, I've got really one of those. Long, slow, sensual, lots of oil. You know, like we've we've got time, and so. Do you whisper uh, that in yeah, their we'll ear? S- we've got time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do. <laughs> at one point, I do whisper in their ear. You know, can you please flip over for me? And they like that. They do like that. Yeah. Interesting. Wait, do you not start the touching the erotic part until they flip over? I'm like uh, playing around, but not really. You know, there's, there's a lot of teasing this. happening. Well, but you're not I the target would demographic. I hate this. But you're not the target demo. It, it's not for you. It's like saying, you know, you wouldn't like to go bungee jumping, like, but you're not an extreme sports person. Okay. These are people that want this. They think it's hot. Yeah. I mean, they signed up for it. They're, this has been their fantasy. This is one of their fantasies. Although I have to say that, like, not, a, I didn't get a ton of repeats. Really? Maybe like 30%, 20% would be repeats. The rest were one-timers. Huh. What do you think? How do you interpret that? Is it? Do you interpret it that the demographic only need, wanted to do it once or that you're really shitty at what you do? <laughs> I, I'm hoping it's the fur. I'm hoping it's scratched an itch. I, I mean, I've thought about that before. Am I really bad at this? But I don't really think I am. You know, right. Based on the feedback that I got after the massages, I think it just scratched an itch. It fulfilled the fantasy or... You know, now they know what that that experience is like, and and they moved on to something else. Mm. Okay, so then you flip them over. If take them us over, through yeah. it. If you were just like you know pitching it to someone, I mean, <laughs> I just want to be clear that I wasn't a love coach when I was doing this. I right, was, right, right. You know, this was before before my love coach days. Um, flip them over, and then you know start massaging their chest, their breasts. I would you know. Would they um, moan and start like getting horny? No, yeah. they were never horny the whole time. And that's what's so interesting about it. <laughs> you would be two knuckles deep and they would still be like, well, this is pretty nice massage. Thank you. 
Yeah, they were horny. They were horny. They're moaning. You know, I'm like, I'm paying attention, right? Like, if you're a good lover, you're paying attention to the signs of your lover, mm-hmm. right? Increased breathing, flushing in the chest, some light sweating, like all that stuff. So I'm like, I'm paying attention while I'm doing this to seeing how are they responding. And for the most part, it's really, really favorable. You know? And how many of them busted? Busted? Yeah. How many of them busted a fat nut? Okay. Oh, I, you'd, maybe like. Like what percentage? Like 30 to 40, maybe. Yeah, 40. I think we found out why you didn't have a lot of repeat business, my friend. <laughs> okay, let me. Let Imagine me. a happy ending massage that it was 30%. <laughs> I'm at, wait no the funnier thing is imagine a female erotic masseuse who you're like how many of them came I was like actually 30 to 40 percent of the guys I saw <laughs> that's what I mean no 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 go ahead Sean I mean it, it's it's a little bit more complex to please a woman in 90 minutes of course you know like for guys it's uptown downtown midtown it's you know we know how it works for women it's a lot more complex a lot of women aren't don't feel as comfortable especially for a one-time thing especially with a stranger mm-hmm. it, it sort of feels like solving a rubik's cube every time right and any kissing no kissing yeah I, no, I no mouth that. no mouth stuff no mouth only stuff. digital that was no di- yeah digital f- stimulation only it said that on the website no mouth stuff um nines and above no mouth stuff so then at the end are people cry they must have cried sometimes huh you must have seen that there's some crying yeah usually with widows or with people who haven't you know had this experience who hadn't had a loving touch i have a friend i actually do you know what would have been cool is if a widow starts crying is to whisper i'm i'm your husband now it's me it's (laughs) i'm back baby (laughs) i'm your husband wait sean you you were saying something you had a you had a friend who what so i I have a friend now who actually was writing an article about sensual massage for women and hired me and had such a beautiful experience that she ended up leaving her husband because she didn't know that somebody could touch her the way I had touched her. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is it that, now, that's a funny testimonial to put on your website. I and left my told, husband after seeing him. She told me this and I, and I for some reason, I didn't, I didn't believe her. I didn't trust her. I thought it was weird. Like I just, I, I felt really uncomfortable with that information. And, and now we're really good friends. Hmm. Well, there, there you go. So Natasha, it sounds like if you really do want out of this w- marriage after these two years of pandemic, you should go to Europe and agree to be the practitioner that works with Sean at his <laughs> workshop. And you might be able to find the courage to leave me. Um, okay, wait. Okay, wait. I have one more question. Then we should get to the regular questions. Um, 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 how much did you cost? Oh, I started low. I started around, I think my first massage was 100 bucks. Uh-huh. And then at the end, I was charging 400 $400. That's a lot. But you know what? Honestly, I'm thinking about the demographic of guys that are like, yeah, I'll give you a sensual massage. You're probably in the top point zero 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 one percent of attractiveness and and non-creepiness yeah and also you have to consider the women that were on craigslist were looking sort of for a casual hookup but what that normally looks like on craigslist is you meet up with a dude and you try to figure out if he's the right amount you know if he's not too creepy to sleep with and then you have some drinks you go back to his dingy apartment you have a disappointing sexual experience and then you leave home and you go home with a bunch of regret or you sign up for this experience that is clean it's safe it's got a, a safe container it ends after 90 minutes or, or two hours and then you go home feeling good 
Yeah, I get it. And I also like that you're circling this like love and intimacy in different ways. And it seems like, you know, you're, this is definitely a passion of yours. Yeah. Why do you, I found something. Why? Why what? Why this? Why do you care so much about love and intimacy? Why is this so, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, we don't give a shit about it. We just wanted to use our, uh, our fans for content. No, I'm joking. But why, why is this such a huge, um, obsession for you and why is this your life's work it's not even it's not an obsession it's just like you know it's what i'm good at i was sort of the guy that all my friends would come to me to talk about their relationships and somewhere along the way i thought to myself there's got to be a better way right because i was also stumbling through relationships not saying what i wanted to say saying yes to things i wanted to say no to having a hard time being honest about you know breaking up with people or how i felt about them and i just started writing blog posts and making videos. Actually, this started in 2014 in a taxi cab in San Francisco. I was I was driving for Luxor cabs and I put GoPros in the in the cab and had conversations about sex, love and dating with my passengers and then I, you know, had them sign a release and then I would put those videos on YouTube. So that's how the whole thing started. Well, let's put some of this uh, let's put some yeah. of this to the test and let's ask some questions that w- people asked. Well, I, I want to say see what Sean says. Yeah, I want to say I I actually have a couple of questions. No, you've uh, already asked your questions, honey. Well, I actually have some some specific questions to Sean that are that, could, that we could all pretend that they're in here. How about that? But I want to say that I've looked at a lot of your videos because we're friends. I look at, at your work, and honestly, what, you're very good at at what you do. the 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 advice is always very direct and very common sense, and they're good. Uh, so I definitely recommend people check it check it out at the Love Drive on Instagram, you and. Got it. Right, I got the yep. the URL. It, it's really good. I have a couple of questions. Um, you said that women, a lot of the time, what they're coming up with is like people pleasing stuff and the fear of being direct. What is the most common thing that men? What's in, in your experience? What are what's men's major malfunction? Oh wow, that's a good question. Well, his audience is mostly women. Have you not thought about? It? We can come back to that one. I got another yeah. question for you. Can relationships with massive age gaps really work? Let's say like 15, 20 years. What do you think? I mean, that's a tough one. It really depends who's older and, and how, how, how old is the youngest person. If we're talking a 20-year-old woman with a 40-year-old man, I don't think that that's a good match. I think that it's What about 23, 44? No, yeah, when, when that, does it get what good? What about 2445? <laughs> what about 2845? Got a year 2445, got a year 2646. Just speaking personally, when I was 23, I, I, I had a you know very intense relationship with a 41 year old, and I thought 41 was like so old, and it you know it was destined to fail, but it was really like it it was it was horrifying for me i mean it was it was like i relate everything back to that it was it was such a i i don't know we just we just weren't on the same wavelength you know the the same life length yeah you're in different stages of your life you have a lot less in common you want different things um i think maybe 10 years 10 is years. a good 10 years like plus or minus one or two is a pretty safe 
age difference. Um, but then again, if it's a young woman, like there, there is, you know, this dynamic that plays out where older men are sort of not necessarily praying, but they're choosing younger partners because they can have more control. They can sort of do whatever they want, right? They, they could be more influential. Mm-hmm. They can take more space in the relationship. And I think that's an important thing for women to understand who are like 30s, or whatever, it's like a lot of times men, people think men want young women because they're hotter, but really they want them to control them. They want them because they seem more successful. They want them, you know, for, for it's like a power dynamic. But that's when it's negative. I think sometimes people, I think sometimes to be really fair to men, sometimes they are dating them because they're much hotter. No, I'm joking. I think sometimes- (laughs) That might be true. No, I think sometimes- you do just, I don't think it's fair to say it's just pathology. Sometimes you just fall in love with somebody that's a lot younger than of you. Of course. It happens. It just happens. But also, it, if, yeah, if, you were real, if you really had your eye on what you want and need from your life, like, you might not be like <laughs> fishing and shopping in it's, the... It's more like this. It's like, I've known guys who've dated women that can barely speak English. And yeah. you get one of those. Where you're like, wow, I don't know what it is. I just fell in love with this Estonian woman. And like, I don't know. But the second time you're like, oh, I see. You want somebody that just looks good and sits there and you can't talk to. You're, There's you, a pattern. You've got a problem. All right. Well, really, really quickly, though, I, I got a, a TikTok a couple days ago, a question about a woman in her 60s saying, you know, guys in their 60s don't want to date me. And I go, yeah, because, you know, guys in their 60s are looking for younger. They're looking to like recapture some of their Mm -hmm. youth. And the comments were crazy. Women were like, yeah, and there are 40-year-old dudes that are like hounding me as a 60-year-old woman. So there's a lot of younger dudes also going for older women. Interesting. Well, that's because the women, of course, duh. If if Moshe and I ever got divorced, that would be my, I would probably have to go younger because they would want a girl who's a woman who's successful, rich, mm. has a nice house, mm-hmm. has has a career. You know, the guys who are my age, they want the 20-year-olds. And unfortunately and for, the- <laughs> for me, I'd actually have to go younger as well. <laughs> No, but I yeah, mean, I could totally and see Estonian. <laughs> I could totally see that being who I would choose from. You know, it would be like young guys who would want like a little bit of that. You know, they want like yeah, yeah. Not just not just, but to be honest, not just success. But you're like beautiful and you're worldly. It's kind of the same dynamic. It just doesn't feel as predatory when it's a woman going like, I'm yeah. I'm just not attracted to younger guys, though. Well, I'll find you somebody. Okay, let's do some of these questions. These are mostly sent in from your your listeners. You get hundreds of these a week. Um, questions on Instagram, and you, you answer them on your Instagram, but we thought we'd go through a few. Okay, let's just blast through some, uh, much like you blasted through your clients and brought them to a new level of sexual awareness. Uh, 30%. One, that's right. <laughs> Once a cheater, always a cheater? Uh, not necessarily, but, you know, tread carefully. Yeah, I think no, but yeah, I think the same thing. I think tread carefully. I've but, cheated before, but I wouldn't cheat on you. Well, I don't know. I'm about to find out. I you always say tread carefully. Yeah, I, I'm, I believe me, I am. No, I always, I, this was interesting for me, uh, about cheating. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I've never cheated, but I never really, I don't give myself credit for that because I never had really much opportunity to because I was never really in relationships. But I noticed from my years in AA, hearing people's uh, fourth steps where they, you know, they list all the things that they had done, that the people that I sponsored 
who were the most jealous and insecure about their own relationships, when it came time for them to do their confessional part, always it was just like littered with cheating. And I was like, it made me realize like, oh, I see. People that are jealous are cheaters because they know relation, not, I mean, also, I'm obviously doing some generalization, but they know, yeah, in relationships, people often cheat, like, you know, me, for example. So then they look at their partner and they go, you must be like me. That's what I do. You do that. And those are the most insecure people. Yeah, I think you're giving them a lot of credit, though. I, I don't think people are that aware. Yeah, I don't think it's aware, but it felt very pathological. Like, yeah, obviously you think people are, are unfaithful because you're an unfaithful person. Yeah, and if, if you are dating a cheater, there, there has to be some level of awareness around how that behavior made their ex feel, what they're doing differently, you know, like what needs are being met that weren't being met in other relationships, right? There has to be, you know, some transparency around your cheating behavior and, and what you're willing to do to correct it. You know what's the greatest thing about Moshe? I just have to take a break and say this. Yeah. Moshe is incapable of lying. Oh, yeah. It's That's so cute. <laughs> Wait, what about he- the surfboard? He that was close. Lie. That was close to a lie. What's a surfboard? When I bought that surfboard while you were sitting on the couch and I was pretending it was for my friend Andrew. But I mean, that's about as close as you get, honey. He cannot lie. <laughs> it's so cute. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is why like, in- I have like really good instincts. And I'm like, this might be why I married him. Just because you know you'd get the truth from me? Well, I just, I, I will never be in that position of like, the woman who's got the man who's like cheating on them or I don't know where he's been or he's not telling me or like I've, I've literally like, again, this 41 year old guy, maybe that's why I'm, you know, ageist about big relationship gaps is because I've had a lot of them. And when I was 23, I was like really into dating older people or in my early 20s. And they were some very formative relationships, but in a bad way. But I remember this guy who was in his 40s and I was like, did you, and I knew he was with this other woman. I was like, were you with her? He was like, I was with no one. And he just kept repeating, I was with no one. I was with no one. And I got so mad. I remember like banging my head against the bathroom wall, like trying to get like blood. Like I was just like insane about it. And it, it was like so frustrating to me and such a visceral experience that I think like, Ultimately, I picked someone to have a child with who I knew was incapable of telling me any kind of lie. Ask me, was I with that woman? (laughs) Were you with her? I was with no one other than that week at Burning Man. (laughs) Okay, let's... uh, Do you have anything to add? I want to get through more of these. Okay. My new boyfriend... Do you like reading the names of the people that sent them to you? No, right? No, I don't usually read it. I don't know. I don't know what your system is. Okay. New boyfriend cried two out of four times we've had sex. What do I do about that? I'll tell you, break up. I would say the same thing. That is not what Sean would say though. That is so, you know, I read that question. I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. And something needs to be addressed. You know, what, what do you do? I don't do know. You, you really say, hey, like I've never them. been, you can I've say never this. been, yeah, I think that's what's happening. I think he must, uh, he must really like her, you know? So. No, no, but so I'm, talk- I'm sorry. What's the language? The language around. Well, what do you say to the guy? Like, let's say you really like him, but you're like creeped out by his crying. Yeah. You say, Hey honey, you know what? Like, I like you. Um, it's, it's, I like having sex with you. I've never been with anybody that, that has cried before. And I'm kind of wondering what's going on there for you. I mean, what's coming up for you? Yeah, it's this like direct. What is the, the old saying is like honesty without compassion is brutality. It's like what you're advocating for is soft honesty, right? Yeah, I like that. I like that it's too. It's not brutally honest, like you right. know. And I mean, it's kind of sweet. 
I, I've cried before in sex. Certainly not the you know two out of four of the first times, <laughs> but you know obviously something special is happening. I kind of want to get to the bottom of it. I'm curious. You think it might be like he's crying because it's like so beautiful for him? I to me, I read that if I was with a woman and we had sex four times, she cried twice. I'd be like, oh, she's like completely pathologically fucked up around sex yeah it could be that or it could just be that like it was so such a beautiful experience or she's never had that kind of sexual experience before or who knows what's coming up right i cried once really and it was the first time i had sex because i was like my mom's gonna be so mad (laughs) yeah (laughs) i had a friend once who had sex with a girl uh, close to when her father died and she he she stopped like right in the middle and started crying and he was like trying to comfort her he's like are you okay are you okay and she got up and started running i swear to god this is true she started running in circles around the bed screaming my father's watching me my father's watching me oh my god all right let's move on um set oh this one's tough we might cut this one out because i don't okay. i'm not i don't want to know i 17 years together spouse thinks they're trans how to process this for me and support them therapy yeah, that's exactly the correct answer. Therapy. Yeah, I mean, th- this is this is this happens. You got to totally get a good happens. therapist, though. Of course, and and there are therapists that are trained with this kind of stuff, and you know, I I know of couples who have who have found out that their partner was trans, and they've they've transitioned, you know, so to speak, together the relationship. And, right. And here's a good thing right now because of Zoom and that we've all become so, accu- so accustomed to it, you really can find a therapist who is trained in this because no matter where you live, you're saying even yeah, if you live like it's this a nice isn't place. for every therapist. Right, right, right. That's that's a really good I point. Mean, and also like therapy for this is where the rubber meets the road with your main advice, which is just like say how you feel when something this um tectonically big shifts in your relationship you might not even know how you feel so you have to like really process couples counseling uh and individual individual and erotic massage definitely for both of you yeah go to sean sean the man baby man babymandeluxe.com i think that's a really sweet question yeah i think we i think we did we did good we did good you okay how to be confident when small with small breasts when everyone is getting plastic surgery great question well you gotta find a guy who likes whatever like like i have small breasts but moshe likes butts and thankfully i've got a big butt yeah like i I, and i know that's your advice that'd be such a funny bit of advice he's like how do you don't want to be with a tit guy like i i I know guys like i've met men and they like the first thing they do is they look at your boobs and you kind of see that they're disappointed and it's like that's what they're into so why would you ever want to date a guy like that but i I think it would be i hate that men are like that but i really think that men are either like into tits or or butts well i could take both but no you like butts what do you like i bet you like um vulvas yeah (laughs) yonis you have to call them yonis to get a license right I'm a yoni guy yeah. myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What do you, What do you think? How do you have confidence in a part of your body that is, especially like your breasts, which is so iconically supposed to be one way? How do you find confidence in your? Yeah, in I your- I, I, th- I think it's more complex than just finding someone who likes your tits, right? Because you have to like you have to <laughs> like good. your own tits. They're your tits, you know. Like you have to like them. But mm-hmm. it doesn't make them any bigger. Right. But but I mean, I guess I want to say like. 
I don't think tits need to be any particular shape or size. They're all sort of beautiful. And well, that's because your parents are French and they understand that. But like Americans, right. they're French stupid. tits are so small and perky, and you always have a cigarette ash falling on the nipple. <laughs> you know how that is. But French Canadian tits is different. It's always a glob of gravy falling on them from a French fry. No, they say like French men like the tits to be able to fit in a champagne glass and. Americans like the tits to clog a toilet. Is that, is that a saying? I thought so. That's very That's funny. A good one. <laughs> I, I thought your advice though would be like, how do you find confidence in having small breasts? And your advice would be, grow a bigger ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, says he likes me a lot, doesn't take me out, only a physical relationship so far. Why? Yeah, I hate any question that has a why. I, 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 every answer is always like, am I the guy right. that, that you want to know this answer from? Like, ask the guy what he wants. To, why? Right. And I know they're asking. Oh, you're saying I'm, the I'm why, the, the why should be focused on the guy, not on yes, you. Yes. Talk to the guy. Hey, look, I like you. It seems like you like me. We're having a physical thing, but it, to me, it feels like it's not more than that. And I'm kind of curious where you're at. Um, Okay. He okay. This one's kind of connected. He genuinely loves me, but needs to prioritize his career. Wants me to stay in his life, though. Okay, I'll take this one. Yeah, he doesn't you. genuinely love you. I never understood this idea where somebody's like, "Oh, I would love to be in a relationship with you, but I have to prioritize my career." How much fucking energy does a relationship take? You can still prioritize your career and be in a loving relationship, and vice versa. How much energy does your career need to take? Right, but, but also it's like you know, Moshe. Moshe and I have our own relationship and our own relationships with our careers. And I've been in other relationships where the people are like way more into my career and that feels really good and I love it. But at the same time, they weren't actualized in their career and then that's its own dynamic. And so Mo, I, I've just learned that motionized dynamic is he's interested to a point. <laughs> <laughs> but like after a while, he's kind of like, oh, OK, well, I'm going to go be doing my thing now. And that is the dynamic that works for me. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I think that it's really important to just kind of live in a relationship and see if it works for you. And, and also I've dated people who were like way more successful than me. And then like, I'm like obsessed with like, why aren't I as successful as them? And you know, there's just so many dynamics in a relationship as, and like, and, and how you can feel about your career and your love life. And I think you just have to like play around and find one that works and one you can live with. Ooh, you're maybe we're going to come to Europe <laughs> yeah. and teach some workshops, dude. <laughs> No, but I mean, there's just so yeah, many yeah. levels. I mean, it's like it's it's not that easy to find someone to have a relationship with, right? Mm -hmm. So, so I think the the advice is like, well, just find someone else. Like I give that advice a lot, and sometimes that's just not really realistic. But what I'm hearing from this is that the guy's not willing to make space for her because his career is too important, and like, I guess he's just not that into her, which is sort of you know, I hate saying that, but if you love someone, you'll make space for them. Well, that has to be true. I mean, you have that is one of the bigger relationship dynamics out there, which is that somebody is giving uh, clear signals but not saying it directly, and someone else is choosing on purpose, willfully choosing not to pick up on those signals. Like when you say be clear, my instinct tells me that most of the women that you're telling to be clear with how they feel about a person is going to get the answer they don't want and just is scared to get the answer they know is already coming. I mean, would you agree? 100%. Yeah, by the time because, some because sometimes it's better to get some of your needs met than to get none of them, right? right. Or to or to face the 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 
the scarcity of good people that you can be in a relationship. I don't with. know. So though. you stick around. I'm old school, and it feels really good to just be like, delete his number, never going to talk to him again. And then I feel puffed up a little bit because I feel like I've won because I'm never groveling. But like Natasha, I don't feel good after a conversation when I'm like, just tell me what you want. And they're like, okay, I don't want you. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay, I guess I'm going to think about that for the next six months. But you're as opposed to, you know, fuck him, ignore, 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 delete his number, move on. But Natasha, That's my, that oh, wait, Sean, you, you take this. I mean, uh, what if... You had the conversation where you said, look, I really want to be in a relationship with you. I understand that your career is really important. Is there a way to make this work? And then you sort of find a way to make it work and you keep checking in on a regular basis. And then a year later, you're in a good relationship. Like that is, a, that is you know, an avenue. And what it sounds what Sean's talking about is open communication and communication that's like healthy, right? And what you're saying is like, you're in unhealthy. No, and I like that. I was going to say me. you're in like the top 0.0000001% of self-confident uh, self-confidence in human beings probably on earth. You're a badass entertainer that's like beautiful I'm and a successful. Boss, bitch. And I'm just saying you might have the option to get away with being like fuck you. I'm out, you know, but not everybody is in that position. People are vulnerable that. and and don't have they, yeah, I, anyway. All right. We're getting towards the end here. We got, I think, two more questions, maybe three. Okay, two more, honey. We gotta go. Okay, okay, hon. Thank you for being honest with your communication. Uh, <laughs> that's well, good. That's that's good. Like, Not people we pleasing. We told him an hour, and it's been an hour and fifteen minutes. I just want to be respectful. Listen, we haven't come yet, and he's got to keep rubbing until we're done. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll ask them all together, and you can choose choose what you. Um, because we get this one a lot, like a, a version of this. And I'm sure you do too. 33, discouraged with dating. Any advice for someone who feels like time is running out? Yeah, that's a tough one. Especially if that's a tough one, especially if you want to have kids and you're why? a woman and you want to have my kids at 43. Why oh, that's is awesome. it? Why is time running out at 30? I, I think that with heavy medical intervention that cost us thousands of dollars. But the idea that a 33 year old is running out of time is just like I don't think that that is healthy to perpetuate. Well, I'm. This is her language, not his. I'm. I'm asking Sean though. I mean, it's like you. Can, I mean, that's the fear, right? That's the fear. It's not the reality. That's the fear, and and fear drives a lot of people. If you can get $10,000 together by the time you're 38, you can freeze your eggs. And I know that's yep. a lot of money. But 38, like that's a good goal. Oh, like, so both of you heard that question to be centered around pregnancy. I didn't see that. I, but maybe I'm just not reading it correctly. I'm making a big assumption. But if it's not, if, there, if, the, if the clock isn't ticking, then what's wrong with being single at 33? What's wrong with being single at 45 or at 55? Like life is long. You've got like 80 years to like be in relationships. Yeah, there was some story about this. Oh, this is goes back to our uh, age gap thing. There was some story of this AA speaker was like, she was 60 and she was married to a man that was like, I don't know, 35 or something. And she said she was successful and all of her, everything was going well in her life, but she kept praying to God, like, why won't you send me love? Why am I alone? And she eventually, she married a guy that was 30 years younger than her or whatever and she realized that the whole time god was saying will you just be patient he's eight years old 
<laughs> it's a weird story for a number of different reasons, and most of which is that you have to buy into it being a beautiful love story that she eventually married this like child, this thirty-year-old guy or whatever. All right, okay. Um, well, I, well, but wait. Seems, do you have any other wait, advice? Like, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, Sean? just take a break. If you're discouraged with dating, you need to take a break mm, because like that, that kind of energy to, mm-hmm. when you bring that to a first date, where you're like, "Are you? Are you the one? Are you my man? Are you my woman? Are you like the person I'm going to marry?" It's just a really weird energy. We have so many friends like that. And that they is don't good. Take a break. They're just like person after person after person. And you're like, weren't those last three kind of like the it's same? It's crazy. Vibe? It's like they have a dysfunction. And rather than stop and turn around to try to work on the dysfunction, I'll be like, maybe I'll try this dysfunction out on this next person and see if it doesn't affect them in the same way it's affected everybody. And what do you do during this break, Sean? And are you in one right now? I'm not in a break. Uh, What do you do in a break? Uh, You just like, well, you delete the apps, Mm. right? Mm. And you 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 stop looking, right? You delete the apps. And then you've got to like redo it at some point, I guess. I mean, you know, redoing a Hinge profile takes like four minutes. Okay. Right. It's not like the days of OkCupid where you had to answer hundreds and hundreds of questions. You delete them and you stop like using that as a source of distraction and as a source of like, this will make me feel better, right? The ego boost that you get from matching people, Mm -hmm. matching with people and chatting with people and going on dates. And then you just live your life. Right. And if you live need therapy, life. you go to therapy, but you live your life. Yeah. And you take a break and you stop like focusing and obsessing on finding the one for now. I have a quote that I wrote. Um, I always say to be, to find the one, you have to become the one. That's something that I wrote. Be the, if you want to find the one, you have to be the one to, fu- to find the one. That's what I always say. How about you are the one? Oh, you're Sean. already there. No, I like, I love that advice. Take a break. Unfollow people too. What do you think? Okay, we got to go. We got to go. But people should unfollow people that they used to date too, right? Mm. I feel like there's so much That's a good, psychic good point. tentacle happening with the internet. The internet always keeps you in something. Yeah, not only that, ask them to unfollow you or block them so that you can't see whether they're seeing your stories. Because mm. that, that's the huge question is like, we broke up or we went on six dates. It's been a year later. They're still looking at my stories. Why? And my right. question is like, why are you even letting them? Right. No, no. Here's the answer though, because people have said this to me too. When I look at people's stories, it's in a row. So when I see someone I don't care about, I'm like, bam, 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 bam. I keep, I keep pressing it to get through their story. But that doesn't mean I'm trying to look at their but, story. But I'm he's not... saying you shouldn't be following your ex and they shouldn't be following okay, you. Okay, but when people are like, why is he following my stories? I saw that he watched my stories. But I think... It's like he just pressed through it. No, he's not really not watching true. your stories. See, Natasha, young people are just like they're polyamorous. This also actually has emotional baggage for them. I think things are different. Things are just different. I hear you. I'm just saying every time you think someone watched your stories doesn't necessarily mean they did because I... Do not watch people's stories. I skip through it and then just go in a row. So Instagram and it looks should, like it's Instagram been watched. Instagram should add a feature. Did they watch the whole story? <laughs> well, first of all, you know you don't have to go bam, 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 bam. You could just swipe left and it'll it'll you know swipe past. The What's whole... that you say, young man? No, okay, but it still says that I watch some of it or something, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Your so little I, face I, will pop up there I, in the I'm corner. I'm not. I'm just doing like if that's that's if I'm like at an airport and I'm so fucking bored that I'm like, okay, I guess I'll go to stories now. I guess I'll go look at all of my ex's stories. I'm just saying. No, no, I I, feel I mean you. sometimes I will look at a, an, an ex lover's stories because I want to see what they're up to. 
not yeah. because I want to rekindle the relationship. Like I still have positive feelings and I think about them with fondness. And so I'm curious about them. Do you think it's weird that I have an ex and every time, every single time she goes live uh, on Insta, I will watch the entire live feed and like I'll do the hearts the whole time and she does it. And request to be added. Yeah, as a, lot, like. a lot, like multiple, multiple requests and stuff like okay, that. Okay, I have one last question. Oh, you do? And I want to know from Sean, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but are there, can you think of three qualities that you would like in your future mate? Um, a sense of adventure, uh, integrity. Big titties, big titties. You got to go big titties. Are you titty man? She's got to have a pussy. <laughs> for Sean to come, for Sean to go there, she's got to have a pussy. She's integrity, gotta have a pussy. adventure. Yeah, and, and like, um, I don't know, I kind of want to say fun, just funny. That's funny. Good. Funny's big. That's it. Funny's big and will get Please. you, it'll go a long way. It'll Or honey, laughs at my jokes. It'll go a long way. Laughs at your jokes. Integrity, that's good. Natasha, could I ask you, what's three qualities you want in a man? Uh, Funny. Got make, it. Makes their own money. Got it. Uh, Produces me a nice kid. <laughs> Got it. And Darn. you know what I you want to hear my three? Yeah. Ass, ass, titties. <laughs> you guys, Sean, that was so awesome. And I, I want to encourage everybody that's uh, listening, if you liked what Sean had to say, which I definitely think you did and I did, oh, yeah. go find him on Instagram. And let's hear about his... The Love Drive. What? Oh, at the Love Drive. But like, also, can we hear about the, uh, the seminars? He's yeah. Doing? Do you have anything you want to plug right now? No, just follow me on Instagram because I haven't I haven't launched them yet. I haven't even picked the dates for them. But um, heck yeah, hit him up for an erotic massage. No, you can't do that anymore. He's out of the big no, game, okay. right? I'm but, out of the game. But yeah. you can watch him give one and learn how to give one yourself at some point in Estonia uh, or somewhere like that. Yeah, quite possibly this summer. Um, Sean, it was so good to see you. Sean, I thank you for talking to us. I hope we weren't too annoying and obnoxious. I love both of you. It's so honored. I'm so honored to be here. It's just, you know, it's great. You're the best, dude. I love you. Ooh, okay. Wait, one quick question. Yeah. Do you think Burning Man is appropriate for a four-year-old? Sure. Oh, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe in Kidsville, though. I think I think you probably want to be in Kidsville. Yeah, I've already mentioned it to her. She's not coming. But, um, I mean, why, why would you think that he would possibly be your ally in because that question? Because every time I ask someone... Like they always agree with me. So I'm like, oh, maybe your friend from Burning Man will also tell you it's a bad idea. And that is um, clear communication, Sean. <laughs> I asked other people. They dis they disagree with me. So I I'm going to see maybe he will dis will agree with me. And then maybe then. Anyway, um, that was awesome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Sean. I love you guys. Thank you. Love okay, you too. See you soon. Bye bye. Ciao.